And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call. 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. I'll say this much. It did not go as we'd hoped. It didn't. Simple as that. Game 7 loss. Your Toronto Raptors fall to the Boston Celtics 92-87. to Again, 92-87. to Your Toronto Raptors fall in a hard-fought seven-game series to the Boston Celtics. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Q. Q, what is going on, man? How you feeling in the moment? How are you doing, man? Uh, hate to lose the game that way. Hate to lose the game that way. It's a tough one, right? Yep. But at the same time, I mean, there's lots we can take from the series. They put up a fight. They went down like the defending champs. Yeah. Right? You think about the heart of a champion and what that means, and it sounds like a cliche, but your Toronto Raptors, they, they did what they could. They battled hard. And when you think about how far this series was from being a 4 nothing sweep, right? If you go down 3 nothing, chances are it's sweep city. But to battle back and force this into Game 7, I know... We're not about moral victories. The Raptors got a chip last year that elevated the expectations of what your franchise is. But there is important times to think about context, right? And I think this is one of those moments because the Toronto Raptors lose game seven, of course. And we are here for the Wrap It Up podcast. And I'd like to welcome everybody in as I normally do, especially after tough losses for this, which is a safe space, as I like to call it. Right, A safe space for Raptors fans where we can discuss, digest what just happened because that was a tough loss. They were right there in that game with a chance to win late in the fourth quarter, exactly like how you'd want it to be, and it just came down to execution. And if you ask me, it comes down to one thing and one thing only. Their superstar showed up late and made all the plays. And the Raptors superstar, whomever that is, did not. Q, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> you're chuckling. And, and I know because I watched you at a certain point in the fourth quarter take off the Pascal Siakam jersey that you wore I, to I, my house. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, I put the jersey on. I thought, you know, this was the time, you know, game seven. It's NBA. You know what I mean? It's the way the NBA's always been. Game seven's pretty much dictate your career legends are made in game legends seven. are made legends are made you know doesn't matter what happened game one through six you show up game seven all is forgotten mm -hmm. but but and there's a big that's a but. big but um it might have been the worst game and I, maybe it's just because it's fresh in my memory mm-hmm but it might have been the worst game I've seen him play all series. Um, him? Who's him? 
Well, that would be spicy P. <laughs> that would be spicy P. I'm being sarcastic, obviously, because here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of Pascal Siakam slander that's going to go on probably for the next offseason in Raptorland. Yeah. And I know my mentions are hella full with Pascal slander, and I get it, and I understand it. And I'll be honest, he deserves it. He did not play well. Like, it's it's very simple, and I don't even think there's excuses to be made for the, an assortment of factors that we've been talking about throughout the playoffs and the return to the bubble. Because the reality is, in the return to the bubble, he hadn't played well at all. No. But the key reminder that I kept bringing up time and time again, when the Raptors came back to training camp in one of their very early press conferences, Pascal Siakam said, I did not touch a basketball for a really long time. And it was probably the longest time he's gone without touching a basketball since he started playing. Now, I've also stated this right off the top. I'm not going to judge anybody for what they did during a pandemic and how they spent their time, right? Not going to judge you, not going to knock them for that because we're we're still in a global pandemic. But what I'm going to say is you watch what happens when the season does come back, right? And when you see guys like Jason Tatum, you see guys like Luca, you see guys like Donovan Mitchell, who I would assume they looked like they were in the lab. And it looked like Pascal Siakam didn't touch a basketball. And so that's what kind of causes me to have two approaches to this, right? And I think these two things can be true at the same time. So let me know if you agree or not. KQ? One, he played horribly. He played terrible. He deserves the slander that he's getting because you are the max player. And with max money comes max expectations. That's just a fact of the matter. Definitely. But with that said, he did not put in work, but we can still not all overreact and think that, okay, this was a terrible contract. Like we can still have the context of this was a bubble. He didn't play well. He didn't react to it. And that doesn't mean that next year or whenever there's a quote unquote normal season again, that he's not going to be back on the same trajectory that we saw his career going to the same trajectory that we thought that Masai saw when he gave him the bag in the first place. Do you agree with that? Do you think both those things can be true? Because I don't know if that can be true on, in Twitter land. (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah, Especially not right now, you know, Twitter land. And I'm even seeing in this chat, let's stop this right now. It's Pascal Siakam is not getting traded. No. Okay, let's, let's on, just, just stop that. You can throw out Bradley Beal. <laughs> you can throw out whatever names you want to name. Unless the Clippers call Masai and say Kawhi wants back, Pascal Siakam is not getting traded. There, you, there might be three <laughs> other names you might want to throw in there that if, yeah, if yeah, they're yeah, offered, yeah, 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 yeah. maybe. But Pascal Siakam's not getting traded. Stop with it right now. You're just going to – it's not even worth it. It's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. But I believe what what you're saying is very true. What you're saying is very true. With 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 the bag, with with the all star appearance, mm-hmm. with the contract, everything comes with expectations, especially coming off a championship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> I think at the same time, it is true. Like the man didn't touch a ball during the pandemic. You know, he just I, said I, it I still for a long time for a for sorry for a long time. I still give, you know, Jason Tatum, for example, just because we're playing yep. Boston. 
being in Boston where, you know, the U.S., they didn't really have a, a, a lockdown. Right. See, no, I'm, no, right? Go on, go on. I'm just saying. Because we right? had this conversation. So, so, off right. Let's so go, yes, let's yes. Go. I'm sure Siakam could have found a gym somewhere. But I also remember Chris Boucher getting into trouble for going to the grocery store. Right. So they were supposed to be on lockdown for a certain period of time, especially at the beginning. The man doesn't have a basketball net in his house. Mm-hmm. Sure, he could have called Drake, and who knows? Who knows? Not who right. knows. Of course, he could have called Drake and played ball. Like. Here's the thing. If we want to have the, do we want to have this conversation right now? Yeah, we no, might as well no, have this conversation. No, no, right no, no. Because I don't think so, as an so, NBA player, if definitely. you need to find a gym, you can find a gym. If, as anybody, if you need to find a gym, we could have, you could have, like I could have, sure, I could have found of a gym course. to play basketball. In, of right? course. So yes. So I, I don't want to let him off the hook completely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you said, it's a global pandemic. It's nothing any of us has ever lived bef- lived True. through before. I've done things in the last six months that. I never thought I would do. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we have to keep that in mind. I think yes, that's important keep, keep context that in mind. to have, right? Definitely. Because it's it's real. The fact is, you know, for him to say that, do we is that the answer as a basketball fan of a team that you want to hear? No. Definitely but not. Of course not. But at the same time, you can understand how he ends up in that situation, right? I right. get it. So, if we take this to just basketball, right? And say, "Hey, I don't think he played well at all in this series, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that he's not going to get back in the lab now and get back to it because we got to remember, right? And this isn't hindsight, so I'm not saying this now after the fact because the Raptors didn't win. I said at the beginning, this is an asterisk championship just because it's it's different. Yeah. It's just plain different. However you want to define different, I'm not saying harder. I'm not saying easier. I'm just saying different. Definitely. I mean, I, I think... Four games in in Scotiabank would have made this series a lot different. Well, three games in Boston, three would have games made, in yeah, Boston, it would have right? been insane, right? For sure. I, like I, I don't think game one just to, just to start. I think just the excitement that would have been in the city game sure. one of this series. That part's true. With Jurassic Park outside and everything going on in the series, I think they would have came out game one different, mm-hmm. right? So definitely, I think it it'll definitely get an asterisk. It's 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 almost like drooly basketball <laughs> you know it's what I mean? very like, weird it's it, very weird and and you know the same gym it's, it's if we get back to the just the, the angle here of the superstars because you know my question if we go back all the way to the beginning of the season was what do you do in winning time right, right. there's no Kawhi. you get to the playoffs and you know i kept reminding people that context matters and context of comparing this year's team to last year's team is different, right? Because you're not really going to be able to do that until the playoffs, right? No matter what happens in the regular season, because we knew last year's regular season didn't matter. There was load management, meaning they're just like giving up games. So beyond, and that's not even just Kawhi sitting out. Kyle sat out games and missed games. Kyle was hurt. We know JV was hurt. So many things happened. So it's about the playoffs. And what we said from the start of the season was what do you do in winning time? Right. And if you remember, we were sitting in clean cuts, watching game one, and as that game went to OT, they ran ISO norm, right? Yep. To try to win the game, he missed, and it went to overtime. And we sat there from game one saying, well, I wonder what's going to happen in the playoffs when you need buckets. Who are you going to turn to? And in this series, that proved to be Kyle Lowry. Yep. And in the fourth quarter... It wasn't Kyle Lowry. 
are you upset at the fact that no one for the Raptors could find an answer for Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter? Because really, this game was close, but it came down to the fourth quarter, no? And nobody on the Raptors had answers. Like, Kyle fouled out. Yeah. Fred was taking horrible shots, whether he was taking terrible layups at the rim or terrible threes, deep threes. Yeah. And Pascal was just, as we said, Pascal. Who is the person that you look to the most in that situation and say, hey, we we needed you here and you didn't show up? You're thinking. I'm, you know, you You're know, thinking it, hard. I'm just I'm just trying to think back. Like usually in a game seven, mm-hmm. somebody steps up. Somebody just. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard. Yes, <laughs> your star player. Yeah. But, which, but, but which you know is why, what? But, like, but obviously so, we know on, we did. But obviously there's, we know. But obviously we know we didn't have back a back right now. Of course, because there's so much slander that that we heard the backhanded compliments to Kawhi the whole year about. Oh, he ran to the Clippers, and this team is better than last year's team, or on the same level, or the record is better, and all this trash. And it's but like, yo, the playoffs come down to your superstars. Definitely. That's what it comes down that's to. What it and it never and changes. That's, but that's what I'm saying. And usually there's always been every team has at least like even the teams that went out. Like you look at Utah and Denver. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell went hard. Yes. You know what I mean? He almost averaged 40 points yep. for those seven games. You know what I mean? So somebody steps up. Yeah. Right? And for us it was Kyle. For for three games, for our three wins, it was Kyle Lowry. Totally. Right? Um he 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 didn't have the same type of game. Didn't expect him to have the same type of game. He did make some some good plays. Like, we got back into the game in the fourth because of Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, again, it's usually – it's NBA. Like, for the 30-some-odd years I've been watching, there's always somebody who just – either it's that known superstar, like Jordan just comes out and scores 63, mm-hmm. or it's somebody comes to light that you weren't even yeah. thinking of, right? And like- I thought Tatum was good coming yeah. into this series. I thought Tatum was better than Siakam coming into this series. But there is another level that I didn't realize that he was at yet. And it's the things where, and I'm going to bring up Kawhi a lot in this podcast for obvious reasons, but the rebound that Jason Tatum got late on the missed free throws mm-hmm. reminded me of plays that Kawhi Leonard was just making last year for the Raptors when whatever the play is, he's going to be there to make the play for his team because there's no way that he should be coming from the top of the key and getting that, that uh, missed free throw from Robert Williams, who I don't even know how the Celtics were able to survive Robert Williams in the game late in the fourth quarter. Grant Grant Williams, (laughs) whatever, proving my point. Exactly. Right. Like, and, and, and and we did, we, we, Grant Williams did what we wanted him to do. He missed both. Yeah. Right now that that's, I think he missed so badly on that last one oh, yeah. that the ball bounced over Norm. So Norm did have <laughs> inside position on Tatum, yeah. but the ball bounced so far like he missed the, the he missed the shot so badly that the ball bounced back outside the key. Yeah. Right to Tatum. I mean But even still, like you again, gotta be in the right you, spot. You have to come up you come up with the ball. To me, that's a difference in this in the series, but I think the fourth quarter personified that. Again, just Siakam was all over the place in that fourth quarter. He couldn't get by Grant Williams. Grant Williams, right? Grant. Now now yeah. you got me questioning myself. Yeah, yeah it's Grant Williams. <laughs> he couldn't, Siakam he, couldn't get, he couldn't get past any Williams. <laughs> True. Right? He couldn't get by Grant Williams, and he couldn't stop Jason Tatum. 
Tatum was making all the plays in the fourth. Siakam, as mentioned, wasn't doing anything. Lowry fouled out. And Fred Van Vliet, who I think had a very interesting game. And I applauded Fred Van Vliet for the fact that he realized in this series that his role was, no matter what, I got to get to 20 points every night. And so he shot a lot of shots to get there every night. He wasn't efficient, but he made sure he got to 20 points every night. Okay. Which is more than we could say for Pascal. Right. But if we break down Freddie's actual play down the stretch, what did you make of some of the moves made, some of the decision-making late by Freddie? He did hit some shots, but uh, there was like three layups during the game where he beat his defender, mm-hmm. but then he just went up for like a little, you know, like a little finger roll, like yeah. trying to finger roll it high off. And you can't do that. You got it. Like you got it. It's like Kyle Lowry. When Kyle Lowry goes to the to, to the bucket. He gets his body in front of the defender, bumps them so they can't jump, and goes up hard. Yeah. He wasn't trying to finger roll it high off. You know, off it, glass, it's yeah. too much pretty stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's game seven. You make sure. That either that ball goes in the basket mm-hmm. or the the ref blows the whistle. One of those two things has to happen. Yeah, you mentioned it. He was two for seven in the lane at last check. That was late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Two of seven in the lane, which is horrible if you think about it. But also comes the reality of the small backcourt, which we also thought could be a problem at some point throughout this season. No, but, but I don't. If but, not but into again, I don't. I don't. Kemba Walker is just as small. Kemba struggled in the series. He, he he did struggle, but there was a lot of times where he got to the basket. Mm-hmm. The ball either went in the in the net or the ref blew the whistle. But we can't be comparing Fred Van Fleet to Kemba. No, right? no, I'm not. Like no, I'm not no, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Small. At guys. some point, you just the 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 the, the excuses mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, yes, it, yes. It's, yes, it's a small backcourt, yeah. but that's who we chose to go out there. Fair. That's who we put out there. Fair. Right? If they wanted size, Terrence Davis would have played more. Oof. Norm would have started. Oof. You know what I mean? There 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 were there were if Oof. if that's the excuse that <laughs> oh well we just have guys that are six foot one, yeah. then we have guys that are six four, six five that we could have put in there that yeah. didn't get, get to see much court time. So bars, bars, bars. So I I I don't want no you know what I mean? I would I don't want no excuses. Mm-hmm. I don't want but I also don't want the overreactions with, like, I'm looking down. I'm still seeing a lot of trade talk happening in the chat. None of that There's stuff. There's no trade talk. None, none of that stuff. None, I know, but none of that stuff's happening. None of it. I found it interesting, too, in the post game. I did. We did see the Kyle Lowry clip talking yeah. about how excited he was for all these young guys to get into free agency and get paid. Right. And he mentioned Fred and Serge and Gasol. Obviously, those two guys aren't young, young guys. Young, but, yeah. but they're head, all heading into free agency, and Kyle talked about getting... He's happy to see them all get paid in free agency. Now, he didn't mention anything about coming back to the Raptors and them all getting paid, because we don't really think that's all possible. No. There's a lot of time to discuss that, so we'll we'll kind of put that to the side okay. for a sec here. I thought we were going in. All right. No, no, no. Let's, let's save that for no a bit. No problem. Because there's still a man that I need to talk about here and go through, game by game, what happened... If you're Pascal Siakam in this series, because I think we need to keep the focus on as well. What happened actually to him in the bubble and his right. game that we saw. So game one, 13 points on five of 16 shooting game two, 17 points on six of 16 shooting for the math nerds out there. That's 37.5%. 
game three, 16 points. 16 points on 6 of 15 shooting. Hey, he shot 40%. We'll take that. Also shot 43% in game 4 at 10 of 23 for 23 points. But he was 2 of 13 from 3. And then we know he had 10 points in game 5. 5 of 9. 12 points in 50, 53 minutes. 54 minutes, pardon me. In game 6. 5 of 19. 26%. And then tonight, 5 of 12 for 13 points. Overall, my guy averaged 15 points in this series. Yep. Why do you think that was the case? Do you give credit to Boston and what they did to him? Or do you just think he just didn't have it? I'll throw one more thing in there. Okay. Toronto's offense. Ooh, okay. Okay. So he obviously, he his game was just not on for the bubble, whether that's the long layoff, whether it's the 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 uncommon season, whatever it is, yeah. his game was just not on. Mm-hmm. However, as, again, I'm going to bring it back to, you know, uh, certain people are sick of hearing about Kawhi, so I'm going to go with with whoever else. NBA, Jason NBA, Tatum. NBA history, Jason Tatum. Even in games where your shot is off, where you, your, your game's not there, you don't have the energy, you don't – you just don't have it that day. Mm-hmm. In crunch time, you find a way. Yeah. Whether that's getting to the free throw line. What? Sorry, it is getting to the free throw line. Yeah. Right? Your shot's not falling. You take it in deep. You're you're a superstar, an all-star. Not superstar. You're an all-star. You're you're the top player, top recognizable player on the team. Yep. The ref, you make the refs blow that whistle. Well, we talked about Fred, right? Fred... Knew he had to get to 20 points. Yeah. Right? Like, that's where he had to be. Right. And he didn't shoot it efficiently, but he got there. Yeah. Pascal Siakam didn't even, like, you can't average 15 points a game. And I know people were out here talking about Marcus Gasol. I'm not going to hear anything about Marcus Gasol when Pascal Siakam's out here averaging 15 points a game in the playoffs. That can't happen. Yeah. It just can't, it can't happen and you expect to win exactly. in the playoffs. Exactly. So, I'd like to look at the fact of how he was slowed by the Celtics. First, I'd like to give credit to Jalen Brown. Oh, definitely. Jalen Brown locked him up. There was, there was no... And he did it with a confidence. Yeah. Right? The only time Siakam really actually scored on Jalen Brown is when Jalen Brown was in foul trouble and Correct. couldn't play him aggressively. Correct. And that is a major, major problem as well. The the spin move, like they were on. Yeah. I want to give Brad Stevens a lot of credit because I think Brad Stevens did an exceptional job of game planning for the Raptors. You could tell they were well prepared for, and we talked about this early in the pod. If you guys weren't watching from game one, game two, we were talking about how the Celtics played the Raptors defense. And, or Yeah, how they played against the Raptors on D. And what that meant was their five-man was always going to sag on the pick and roll. The Raptors are used to getting the switch, getting the breakdown on the big guy, and then using that advantage to either the blow-by with their guard, you're going to get a layup, or the blow-by, and you're going to need to help off the wings, and one of the Raptors are going to be open to shoot that corner three. The Celtics said, we're not even going to pretend as if we're going to switch on the screen. We're just going to sag into the paint to stop the penetration. Yeah. And that forced the Raptor wing or that forced the Celtics wing defenders to stick on the wing. You don't have to help. The Raptors never really made an adjustment to that the whole series. So I want to give Brad Stevens a lot of credit for that. 
And that neutralized a lot of Siakam's easy buckets that he would get because him, OG, Norm, they get a lot of easy baskets by just back cutting to the basket when that wing defender turns his head because he has to help on the dribble penetration siakam and og are able to just cut and get what siakam in siakam's case probably what six points a night just off that yep celtics eliminated that the raptors didn't have any counter and what they ended up doing instead was they tried to counter iso 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 exactly. iso and, and that's, that's not where, any and of that's where games. and that's where i put uh, the, some of the blame on the offense, mm-hmm. right? Whether whether you want to blame the nurse, coach nurse, or the point guard, or whoever, but the offense. Yeah. So there was many a time during the season, during the series, where uh, Fred or Kyle, yeah, hunted Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. and took advantage of that matchup. Yeah. Now, if you have a Pascal Siakam who's struggling from the perimeter, mm-hmm. struggling against Jalen Brown, yep, how is it that you do not? Send Kemba was guarding Fred most of the time. Yeah, how is it that you do not let either Siakam go and set the screen for Fred, so to that you now have so that you now have Fred on Jalen Brown. Yeah, you pass it off to to Siakam, who would now have a small Kemba Walker on him, and you you damn should. damn should better be able to get to the basket. But my guy couldn't there. even dribble. Like, the amount of turnovers yeah. that Pascal Siakam had in this game was turnover-filled for the Raptors. It's the other reason they lost. Their superstars didn't show up, and they there were turnovers all over the place, which to me screams of tired legs, I which isn't an, is an excuse. It wasn't, it, a lot of it was unforced. And like you said, even in Kyle's um, postgame, he says, a lot of it was just them rushing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And especially, I believe it was the second quarter where – they were up six at one point, six, seven points. Yeah. And they had like back to back turnovers. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you're up, you're up at that point. You're on a run at that point. Yeah. You slow down. They're up with Tatum on the bench. Remember, we were highlighting that. that yeah. well, we're going to get into that. But you're mm-hmm. up. And that is your chance to bring that lead to 10, 11 points. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That is the difference between. A good basketball team and a championship basketball team. Yeah, and that's where you miss a superstar. I don't have to say his name again, but that's when you miss someone who realizes the points of the game, Yeah, right? Where it's like, we need to extend this lead from 5 to 10, or we need to cut this deficit from 10 to 5 or 15 to 10. Like those little mini spurts of when you pace yourself. And Kyle did his best. Kyle tried to do that. And I mean, in the Raptors' wins... In this series, Kyle did do that, but it's still a lot, and it's something we talked about. It's a lot to ask of Kyle Lowry at this stage of his career to carry that much of a load on a nightly basis for this team. Like I'm, I, I, I'm very weary of trying to say negative things about Kyle Lowry. I know he fouled out, and his last two fouls weren't good fouls yeah. by any stretch. But my guy left everything out there. He like played above his head. Yeah, there's 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 no there's no Kyle slander. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never not been a Kyle fan. Obviously, he's played for the home team, mm-hmm. but he's he. It, if there is ever any doubt as to who the greatest Raptor of all time was, I think he put that question. Now, yes, I mean, he Kawhi even has got me. Us no, he, he even has me. You yeah. know, I'm the biggest Kawhi lover there is still, or Kawhi yeah. defender. But he even has me thinking like, okay, well, 
I see that argument. I get that argument. I'm willing to have that argument because yeah. just what this whole season ended up being. Yeah. Right. But like, I think, but I think even, even just talking about this series before mm-hmm. it was, yes, Kyle was the heart and soul of the team. Mm-hmm takes charges he makes those 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 clutch plays defensive plays gets those steals down the stretch yeah right but he was never that i don't know if he's ever been our best player you know what i mean yeah right yeah. like DeRozan. yes he didn't show up in the playoffs but throughout those years DeRozan was averaging 25 5 and 5 damn near you know yeah. what i mean yeah then yeah. we had Kawhi. now we have siakam this is siakam's year now but kyle in this last series, just he played. He just did. Like I like to be surprised mm-hmm. when you when you're watching playoffs. Like you said, there's somebody that always just comes out of the woodwork and just shows you something. And Kyle showed me something. Yeah. Right. When no, nothing I, else was going well for the Raptors, he willed us to a game seven for sure. He definitely did. That's a like he is the reason we got to the point of even having a chance to win this series, much less even it getting, as you just said, to game seven, he literally showed the heart of a champion. Yeah. Right? Like the title defense, the respect that the Raptors earned in their title defense was on the back of Kyle Lowry. So kudos to him for sure. Great performance for him. And, you know, you mentioned that second quarter and it was a turnover, Zach, that did the Raptors in because, as you mentioned, Tatum went to the bench early on and the Raptors quickly went to a, on a great run. They got some bench points from Serge, Matt Thomas, and Norm, which we didn't see much of the bench late in the game. There's a lot of calls for where was Serge Ibaka late in the game. Do you think maybe Serge should have gotten another look? Are you part of the bandwagon of, because a lot of people were saying, hey, put Siakam on the bench. I'm not going to go that far, although we can have that conversation if you think that's a thing. I'm sure someone's asking it in the chat. Did you think Serge should have played more than the 20 minutes he did play? Five of nine, 14 and eight in 20 minutes. And he really gave them a boost in the first half. Yeah, um, he definitely because whatever his time was in the first half, he, I mean, he was our leading scorer going into going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was effective. Yeah, they had they had no answer for Serge Ibaka in the first half. Yeah. And then I don't think he's seen the court for the whole third quarter. If I'm not mistaken, fourth quarter. Or third? Well, was he? In, did he come in in the third? He barely played. He, I mean, he barely. Was, yeah, he barely played. He he might have had the spurt, but he barely played. The Raptors decided to go small, and that was a, yeah. that was a wrap for him. And I thought, you know, Serge could guard Grant Williams. Yeah. Right. So like, whether like just because before the Celtics even went small, they were still playing the bigger Williams, yeah. Robert Williams. Yeah. So Serge could definitely play then. When the Raptors decide, okay, we're gonna play Siakam. Then they brought in Williams because Tice was in foul trouble. But at that point, you could go back to Surge. Yep. And you could take out OG. You could take out Siakam, whichever one you choose. But you clearly would have the advantage at that point because who's battling with Surge for rebounds on the Celtics? Nobody. Right? Like Robert Williams is not a defensive presence. Like I found it interesting. And maybe Surge is hurt, right? Like we know he had the ankle issue and he was in a walking boot. So, so maybe he was on a minutes thing like who that I don't that know. small lineup and I and sorry I forget which game it was that small lineup was effective I, was it game the Raptors yeah they it was went, last game was it get, last game? in the double OT game yeah okay so they went so they went small yeah. so maybe Norm they went crazy yeah. with so the maybe small maybe they thought 
But I, I still think games, I mean, it's game seven, so you have tired legs. To run with five guys for that long and not use your bench, probably not the mo- best thing to do, mm-hmm. I don't think. And Matt Thomas wasn't a liability out there. And I'm not for, I'm not part of the, you know, there's a lot of people that are normally like, hey, play Matt Thomas more. I'm not on that train. But when your guys look tired, which clearly they were in this game, could you maybe turn to them for just a couple spot minutes here and there? Yeah. And I think, and I think that, I mean, especially you have Kyle, you have Fred playing major minutes. Yeah. Even to give them a breather. You know, at end of third quarter, give them a, a two minutes yeah. of game time, which ends up being with with the break. Everything ends up being like a ten minute break. Yeah, and then and then run them for the whole fourth. But I, yeah, I definitely think the bench in this game should have been used. Uh, I think Serge definitely could have came in, and especially Serge, and especially Serge. I think I think in a game seven, maybe going to Matt Thomas for major minutes might be a stretch to ask from any coach, mm-hmm. right? But definitely Serge. Definitely Surge. And the thing, too, with Surge is I just, again, the stress here is that in that fourth quarter, regardless of who the big was that they were playing, yeah. you're now taking the advantage in that. Whether yeah. they're playing Tice, where they, which they weren't because he was in foul trouble, but if Williams is in the game, cool. I'll take Surge in the paint against him. And then if you decide that they have Williams in, cool. Surge can guard Williams. They're not even passing the ball to Williams. Yeah. So... I don't, I it was a weird one. And Serge was also effective down low on offense. Exactly. Right? Even with Tyson in the game, he, yeah. he was scoring over the defense, right, in the, in the paint. So, yeah, I think – and I think even to start the fourth with Siakam had those two turnovers, mm-hmm. if you go to Serge at that point – Yeah. And I'm not saying bench Siakam, but – I think he came out. He came out pressing, and he came out uncomfortable. So just sit him down. Have one of the assistant coaches give him a little pep talk. Well, there's two things at play. I think one, Serge has a history of playing well in a game seven. We saw that last year against the Sixers. That right? too. Yeah. So we saw that. But two, even if you're just in this game seven and you're saying who have been my best players tonight, I'm gonna roll with them. Or even through the whole throughout the whole series. Well, OG didn't really play well tonight. He only had four points in this game, one of three, seven rebounds. He wasn't really much of a factor. Offensively, no, but defensively, he's he's the only guy for sure who could switch off and and still guard, guard Tatum, Tatum or Jalen Brown. Fair, but I'm saying you got to go with you're struggling for baskets, and yep. really, what happened? So we mentioned that second quarter, right? And in that second quarter, we mentioned that Tatum was up. Or yep. sorry, Tatum goes to the bench. Yeah, you're getting Norm minutes, which is good. Norm was seeing Kemba, and he's just taking it to the cup like it's food. Yeah, and as you mentioned, it was just like last year where they realized the advantage against the bigs. So remember the Bucks series. All the Raptors perimeter guys did was hunt the Bucks big guys. Yep. They took that same thing into the Golden State series. Hunt the Bucks big guys. Whether it was Norm, Fred, Kyle. And of course, Kawhi, it was kill a season. Yep. Same approach it looked like the Raptors had in this game with Kemba. So obviously they could do that with Tice and they could do that with Williams, but they also had it with Kemba. Whoever Kemba was on, they were just going at, right? And then obviously and then all of a sudden that stopped. And I didn't really understand it. Yeah. But whatever. 
Raps were up six. Tatum on the bench. Tatum comes back into the game. Celtics go on a run. Raptors, and this is where we're talking about the surge minutes and getting easy baskets inside. Raptors had a three plus minute scoring drill in that second quarter, which included seven turnovers. And that was really the turning point of the game, really, if you think about it. And the Celtics had 10, or sorry, they had 15 points off of 10 turnovers, which included an 11-0 run, which got the Celtics back into the lead. They closed the second half on a 17-6 run and led by four. And at that point, going into halftime, I think if Raptors fans are honest, weren't feeling good with the way that that first half ended just the run the Celtics were on once Tatum came back in and the Celtics just started hitting on all gears and the Raptors were struggling to score third quarter starts Siakam looked lost on D loses Tatum again Tatum with the flyby like up fake Siakam flies by knocks down a three Brown hits a three and the Raptors were basically just hanging on for dear life for the whole second half and it was just Kyle Right, Tatum with 11 points in the third quarter, and Kyle was keeping them close, and their defense, I guess, was keeping them close. It was just a game where the Raps looked like they ran out of gas, and I know that sounds like a cliche or an easy way to look at it, but and that's and that's why and that's why I, you know, in, in our group chat, I was saying I would have rathered Boston blow us out. Ooh, because then, be, because oh, then, you know, know. you know, no, nah. I'm just saying because I know what because saying. then it, it's almost like, well, okay, the guys just didn't have it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I the know play, the, but so the play, close, yeah. and, and just, it was, it was literally, you know what I mean? If Norm makes, doesn't get blocked by Smart. You got to give Marcus Smart credit, man. Yeah. Marcus Smart, other than, so Tatum obviously was their best player. Yeah. But you can make an argument that Marcus Smart was their second most important player in this series. You can make the argument. I'm not saying that he was and that is factually correct. I don't even know. I I'm to saying me, you could... to me, Jalen Brown showed me a lot in this series. Okay. Yeah. No, that's right? fair. I mean he, he I mean he averaged in in the twenties. Right? And, and then J- defensively he was just doesn't matter who he was guarding, mm-hmm. he, he did a stellar job. He shut down Siakam, which yep. he obviously gets big points for that for sure. Um when they when they Jaylen got to Brown, switch on to as I blow up my ear when they there. when they got to switch on to uh, Fred, yeah, Fred had nothing. Fred had nothing, and Fred looked like I don't know if Fred ran out of gas, but Freddie was in a tough spot, and I think, you know, obviously we're gonna say Freddie was tired late, but I also think it's a realization of the limitations of what you expect from Fred Van Fleet. So it's tough. He's a good guard. He's a great backup guard. We know that. Is he the starting point guard on a championship caliber NBA team? I don't know. We're gonna find. I mean, I, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna find out because I trust Masai. Yeah. I trust the decision Masai is gonna make. Yes. Right? And whatever that is, because I don't think Masai is gonna overpay Fred Van Fleet to stay in Toronto because that doesn't make sense. And we know you want to keep your option open. Your options open. But there's another side to this where we've seen the history of Masai where he likes to retain assets. Definitely. So that could be, like, this is going to be an interesting, interesting game here to see what's going to go on. If I can put my prediction. Okay. I think Fred Van Fleet will be a Toronto Raptor next year. Okay. I think the market will determine. I don't think, like, I don't think it'll be 
Now, I don't even know when what the free agency date is. Yeah. yeah so I'm right. just going to throw out July 1st. I don't think it's going to be Masai goes to him July 1st, makes him an offer, and Fred says yes. Yeah, yeah. You right? got to play the market. It's going to be the market. It'll yeah, be yeah. the Knicks. The Knicks are offering such and such. The Pistons are offering such and such. Yeah. And here comes Toronto with the counter. Yeah. And I, and I trust Masai. Yeah. We have no reason not to trust Masai at this point. Yeah. Um, let me get to some comments, though. And I know... Expect, obviously, as this is one of the final podcasts, right? Because it's the end of the season. For the Toronto Raptors, we're going to be here for a bit. For the people who are on the live streams, wherever you're watching right now, whether you're on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, my people on Instagram, the feed is probably going to go out at some point. But know that you can get the link in bio that will take you right to the YouTube feed where you can comment the same way there as that chat is also on Fuego Fire right now. So let's get to some comments, OQ, right? Yep. I see you watching the Instagram feed. Is there something you wanted to highlight there or no? You're just you're just seeing the trade talk. No, no, there's, there's and that's uh, kind of distracting. Uh, apparently you. Marcus Smart been talking some trash, Ooh. calling himself King of the North. <laughs> Marcus Smart, you gotta give him some credit, man. Marcus Smart is he is a guy he that you put, need on your team. He's Marcus the Smart irrational played, confidence Marcus guy. Marcus Smart, offensively anyway, played above what any of us expected from him. His shooting definitely his shooting came down to earth like today. Nobody, he's, he's never shot like that in... I mean, he came down to earth, but he, still, he was still in double digits. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? Like, and hit some, some key shots. And then, you know, there's obviously that game two barrage. Well, Marcus Smart tweeted out. King of the no- the King of the North in all caps, and it's just pictures of the Celtics. Oof. I mean, yeah, that's when you win. Cool, and that block is massive. Yeah. That block he made at the end of the game on Norman Powell is massive. And if you go back to our season preview, we talked about how valuable that backcourt matchup of Marcus Smart and Kemba would be because Marcus Smart is a defensive. He's yeah. on the all defensive team. Yeah, like NBA level. First team all defense. So that's a great play by Marcus Smart. Definitely. I still go in watching the replay of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with these guys trying to just flick up balls at the basket. Yeah. Right. And I know Norm was coming off his off wing and he might have jumped off his wrong foot, but you go up hard and try and dunk it. Marcus Smart's not getting up that high off on you. So. You know, so Gozi in uh, on uh, the Instagram feed says it's cool. Marcus Smart says what he says, but man's better get a chip than Kanye shrug. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's funny to me because it's Marcus Smart and you know the guy that he is. He is Marcus Smart is the irrational confidence guy, right? Yeah. He is a guy who. At the end of the day, I think I might have just turned off the Instagram feed by accident. Nope, nope, we're back. I'm sorry, Instagram people, I'm here. But Marcus Smart talks a lot, but that's who he is, right? Like, he adds a toughness to that team. And I think that if you're hoping at being a championship-level team, you need one of those guys, right? Like, the Golden State Warriors aren't Golden State Warriors without Draymond. You need that guy. The Raptors aren't the Raptors without Serge being the bully. Yeah. Or even Kyle. For sure. But you need Making that those, toughness, yeah. right? Making those tough plays. Uh, let's see. Let's get some comments. So I'll start off with my OGs on IG 
as I normally try to do, right? Yeah. Because the Instagram people, a lot where this all began, you know? So let's start there. Juha says, congrats, Boston. They earned the win. Hate to say it. I'll always ride or die raps. Yeah, one thing you can say, and Tatum said it in his post game. they made us earn it, yep. right? Like, they went out like the defending champs. They did their job. Got to give them credit. Got to give them credit. Uh, Lee says, the loss sucked, but I'm glad that they put up a fight and took them to game seven. Would you agree with this, Q? I think that was a fitting way for this title defense to end because they went down with the fight. It was representative of the heart and soul that they showed all season in terms of, you know, it might have been a season where a lot of people didn't have a lot of expectations for this team right. in the regular season. And here they are fighting tooth and nail to the final whistle to a team that is an NBA champion contender in the Boston Celtics, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely taking, especially the way the first two games kind of went mm-hmm. and, and kind of the overall thoughts of how the series was going to be. Yeah. Definitely glad that it went seven, that they fought back. They mm-hmm. showed their heart. They, they, you know, there's, there's, I mean, yes, it's hard the way they lost because they should have had that game. I, I feel like they should have and could have had that game. But at the same time, you know, it went seven. Yeah. And, you know, it was Did a fight. Get- on the camera, man. Yeah. Is that what just happened? <laughs> That's funny. I was getting my cameraman work on and you got nervous. That's hilarious. Uh, more comments. So Diaz says, shout out to the Raptors for an awesome season. I totally agree with that. And in the moment, I, I get what you were saying because you, you mentioned it earlier, Q, about how, you know, uh, if it was a blowout, at least it's like, ah, oh, well, we didn't have it tonight. But with it being so close, it makes it tough. Yeah. But as time progresses, as we get into what the 30 or 40 minute mark of this podcast, you do get to take the step back and reflect on the season that was. And it was a really good season for the Toronto Raptors as an organization, as a franchise, because for them to deal with, you know, losing your best player, like, again, if you took Kawhi off of this uh, Clippers team, where are they? If you took LeBron off the Lakers, where are they? Right? If you take Jason Tatum off the Celtics, where are they? The Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard, put in OG, and they were able to get to the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, I think at the start of the year, I got a lot of slander because I said I thought the Raptors would finish in the bottom half of the Eastern Conference in yeah. terms of uh, the regular season, right? Five, six, seven, eight. They had the second best record in the entire NBA. Like, that is something to hang your hat on in terms of the fact that now and forever, going forward, regular season success will be expected in this city. And that's not something that this franchise could say before, you know, before, well, before Kyle Lowry put on a uniform. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, be proud of what this season was because it wasn't always like this. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, really, if you, if you really, if you really break it down, right? A year ago, mm-hmm. right? Well, obviously not exactly a year, but a year ago, game seven of the second round, mm-hmm. it took the four bounce to move on. For sure. Right? Totally. Totally. And now here we are a year later without Kawhi. And, you know, game seven, it came down basically to a, to a basket, 2-1 possession. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, they won by five, but the last two points were, were I mean, free I'm throws. I'm going to say it and remind so, people again what we saw here in this game 
was we wondered all year, okay, well, what's the difference between last year and this year's Raptors team? It's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like an ass, but that's just the real facts of it all. Yeah. And I know a lot of people aren't going to give you the real shit, the real talk of yeah. what it is, but we learned over the last two years the difference between the superstar and not having the superstar yep. because your superstar makes all the plays when it matters most. And I'm not saying that Pascal can't get there because maybe he can, yep. but we've saw that he's not there yet. We know that I don't think Freddie can be that guy, but we know that Freddie is a valuable piece to the engine. Kyle Lowry, I think solidified his legacy as Mr. Raptor mm -hmm. and Nick nurse is a really good coach. Yep. So, I mean, there's a lot to take from this this season, but I just think that at the end of the day, you got to look at the fact that Kawhi Leonard is gone and the Raptors needed a superstar in Game 7. That's what you need to turn to. That's it. Uh, I'm going to read some of these comments here to like shut these things down, but Prince in the chat says, Siakam is not that guy. We need to trade Siakam for Bradley Beal. Not happening. Well, not happening, but also, is Bradley Beal that guy? Like, Bradley Beal is better than Siakam, cool, but, like, is Bradley Beal that guy? Like, is he the best player on a championship team? Because we saw that he's the best player on a ninth-place team in the East. And I know the yeah. rest of their team is trash, and him with the Raptors, cool, but he's still not that guy where, oh, give him the ball and he's going to get that. Like, he's not a superstar either. That's what I'm saying. No? No, he's he's still in that. I mean, he's never. He, again, when you, the superstars are made in the playoffs, mm -hmm. right? They're made in these type of game sevens in the in the NBA finals. That's when superstars are made. Kawhi yeah. Leonard came on the scene guarding LeBron in the championship, right in the in the finals. Yeah, that's where you first heard Kawhi Leonard, mm -hmm. right? So, Bradley Beal's a really good player. But have we seen him excel in the playoffs and lead a team in the playoffs? Washington's been there. Yeah. They couldn't get past Toronto. Well, they did one year. They did one year, yes. <laughs> that was but that's Paul Pierce. That's a Paul Pierce curse. But anyway, but you yes, know what I'm saying? Like, yes, yes, like yes, he's yes. never gotten to the point where you can say, Yeah, we can give that guy forty million dollars and he's gonna lead us to the promised land. Yeah. So until he does it, all of these are just speculations and Again, yeah, it's not happening for sure. Alex says we won a championship a season ago, and nobody can take that away. Sad we can't get another one, but we can get one in the future. Back to being underdogs and working our way up again. I mean, I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that mentality. I'm. This team is going to look different next year. Right? I don't know. Like it's going to be interesting. Like, we're, are we going to see a lot more Chris Boucher minutes? There's people that are asking how come. Uh, Matt Thomason play a little more, but maybe that's all going to happen next year, right? Like this team is going to look different next year. Like we don't even know if Kyle, like what's going to happen with Kyle. Yeah. Right. We, we don't, we really don't know. Everyone's talking about trades, but the trade could be Kyle Lowry. It would most likely be because like it or not, again, unless somebody's offering a superstar, Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi are not going anywhere. Yeah. That leaves Kyle because nobody else, of value is signed for next year. Yeah. So it could be the Kyle Lowry trade. No, for sure. I'm going to switch to YouTube for a bit, get some YouTube comments here. Uh, 
there are some Celtics fans in here on the YouTube chat. Welcome to them. I mean, I'm not mad at that. Elliot says Kawhi was the difference. Hashtag truth. Um, another comment here. Uh, Predator Kingdom. Interesting name. Says Raptors should really look at trading for Harden or Booker. <laughs> I mean, okay. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's a good thought. But again. You can, I think people are, are too used to playing NBA 2K, 2K yeah. where you can override a trade if a team denies it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harden yeah, yeah. is not going anywhere ever. No. And neither uh, is Devin Booker. Hashim says, the fact that the Celtics played as good as they could while the Raptors really didn't show up in the series, and we still had a Game 7 LOL. Celtics struggled to beat a poorly performing Raptors team. Um, The one thing that I will say about that is... The, the Raptors, the reason, and I, I hate saying this because it sounds like a cliche, but the Raptors being through the grind of what last year's playoffs was mm -hmm. means that you grind out quarters. You grind out halves. You grind out, you know, situations where you're not shooting well, but you figure out how do you stay in games. You have to learn how to do that, right? Like that doesn't just happen yeah. where – you know, you figure out, okay, well, we're not shooting it right now, but we got to lock in on defense and make sure that we don't, you know, we get a couple turnovers, we get offensive, we get defensive rebounds, close out possessions. We do a bunch of little things to just stay in the game, right? And I think the Celtics, as a young team, you got to remember the, the style of play, it's very much, it's more centered around offense, right? Kemba's not really a defensive player. Jason Tatum's not really a defensive player, but they got Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, and then you're talking about your bench dudes. So, you know, it's just a different style of play. As someone says, get Doncic. Come on, guys. Let's be serious. Let's be serious here, guys. Uh, more comments, though. Sonny says, I think we should have done better. We would have done better if Gordon did play. Uh, less minutes for Smart, who made a huge impact for the Celtics. I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one because it's... It's too tough because Kemba wasn't shooting it well. So then do they sit Kemba? How well does Gordon Haywood play? Because arguably he makes their offense better, which they don't have the lulls. Like there's a lot of semi Ojale minutes and Brad Wanamaker minutes yeah, but that I think, wouldn't exist. But I don't I don't I still don't I don't like that. What do because you mean? when you put Gordon Haywood in the game, mm -hmm. now you have Gordon Haywood's what, six six, six yeah. eight, sorry. Yep. Tatum six eight yep. and Brown is six seven. Yep. That means one of those big guys would have been on Kyle or Fred Correct. the whole game. Correct. Not not a good no. No. No, no, no. And again, we were begging for Ojale and Wanamaker to shoot. Yeah. Right? So if those exactly. shots are replaced by Gordon Hayward, yeah, I don't know about that. And plus that just means that their stars are fresher. Because you can actually rest Tatum for longer. Yeah. And now, and now you're bringing Smart off the bench. So Marcus Smart pretty Pretty. Let's get to it. Like Marcus Smart with Hayward in the game mm -hmm. in in the series might be more effective. Marcus Smart plays the same amount of minutes, basically. Yeah. Right. It just means Wanamaker and Ojale and 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 Grant Williams don't come in the game yeah. and play as long as they did. For sure. For sure. Right. For like sure, if, sure. if the Celtics lose this game, we're talking about Brad Stevens. Why are you playing your bench so long with playing these guys so long? Yeah. Right. No. That totally. would have been the story. Uh, as I switch over to Twitter for a bit here, Raptors Homer says, a, still a great season, Shell. Amidst the pandemic, the bubble set up and no Jurassic Park. 
By the way, I would never blame a guy who 10 years ago was still trying to become a priest. As in Pascal Siakam. Yeah. Um, my guy LT checks in and says, Pascal with the Damar-esque series. It's still strike damn one for Pascal. I mean, I saw a lot of DeRozan talks in the comments throughout the series. And... You know what, I... He does more. Uh, he has more of an impact at other points of the game. His defense wasn't the normal Siakam defense, yeah. but he wasn't just like a, a zero on defense yeah. like Demar was at times. Right. I just think the the Demar slander. It's too much. It, it's too much, and you got to remember, like that's going up against LeBron. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not a LeBron guy, but that's going up against it's LeBron. True. Facts right? you are know facts. I mean? Facts are facts. DeMar DeRozan in this series, Raptors win this series. <laughs> I mean, I can't the, really argue with that. DeMar DeRozan played well, yeah. except against LeBron. LeBron. That's fair. Right? He did enough to get past John Wall and Bradley Beal. He like, did enough. Tatum is nice, but he's not LeBron. He's not LeBron. That's fair. Right? You put DeMar DeRozan in this series, right? Or or the, two, the, 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 the team two years ago, DeMar starting, right? Mm -hmm. With Kyle and Fred's coming off the bench. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Siakam doesn't see Jalen Brown. Yeah. No. Maybe he gets started early and gets rolling. You know what I mean? Like, it's a completely different series. So, yes. DeMar did DeMar things against the Cavs. But, come on. I'd like to shout out the people in the Instagram feed who are just chirping all these terrible trade offers that people are trying to put out there. Someone says, how about we trade Patrick McCaw for LeBron James, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, just come on, guys. We're trying to have a good conversation here. Let's be real. Uh, actually, the bar has come up. So there's two minutes left in this Instagram live feed. So all the Instagram people go to the link in bio. That's going to take you to the YouTube stream. Tons of comments in there as well. I'll read your comments there for sure, but I'll wrap up a couple of them here on IG. I just had one that I wanted to read and I can't find it. Oh, Wade asks, do you think the Raps regret not taking PG and Westbrook and keeping Kawhi? So for people who might not know, there was like serious rumors out there that it was on the table. Masai tried to put out that he thinks they were, they're just being used as leverage with um, the Clippers, but Ryan Rossillo, who is like a legit reporter, many years in the game with ESPN, yeah. says that he has someone who told him they were at a table with Kawhi in LA and he FaceTimed someone in Toronto asking, can we get Paul George? So the rumor was that OKC wanted to put up Russ like you sure, yeah. but you got to take Russ as well. So there's a there's it's a rumor. Now, did Masai really turn that down? We'll never know. Was it a real offer? We'll never know. Instagram feed's about to go down. So if you want to know the answer to that question, go to the link in bio, Instagram people, and then join in the conversation there to hear our answer. But Q, if that was a thing that's on the table, and seeing how this season played out, what do you make of that? I'll start. I'll start. You do that. I'll say this. If it was a real offer that's on the table, I said at the time, you do that 
10 times out of 10. You definitely do that, right? Yeah. If that's a real offer that was on the table. If it wasn't a real offer that's on the table, then whatever, it doesn't matter. But the one thing I will say, and I'm saying this as someone who, as you know, I was here saying, enjoy the Kawhi season. We never know when we'll see something like this, blah, 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 blah. I think this season is something to be really proud of. And keeping Kyle for that other year really boosted his legacy in this city. And I think it was a really good look for this team to still come back and be super competitive from an organizational standpoint, right? Because let's say that trade happens and, you know, then it's all, oh, well, this is only because of Kawhi, right? You only get Paul. And not that we care because, hey, we're we're taking the chip. But, you know, then it's like, oh, well, this is only because of Kawhi, blah, blah, blah. But now you've had another year, your seventh straight year of legit success, in the NBA and you followed up your title defense with a great run against the Celtics in the second round, you've shown as an organization in the league that you are one of the top organizations in the entire NBA. And I think that's important. I think that matters long-term. So I can't lie to you the day after the Kawhi trade went down and the rumors started coming out. I did have a moment where I stopped and got super excited about, wait a second, so this was on the table? We could have had Russ, Kawhi, <laughs> and Paul George. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But when I take the full lens and look at it in the full picture, it was really fun to cheer for this team this year, man. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would have. I enjoyed it because these guys work really, really hard. And that's dope. That makes it easy for you to cheer for that team. I just said... Kyle Lowry had nothing left in the tank to 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 give us anything, and he fouled out. Yep. I would normally be crushing him for that, but I can't do it because it was so fun to cheer for him. It was so great to watch. It was just such a great performance and such an easy team to fall in love with and root for and cheer for. I'll say as a Toronto fan, and, and obviously you want your home team to win the championship every year, mm-hmm. of course you make that trade. Yeah. As a basketball fan, I'm glad it didn't happen. Okay, the super team. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a super team fan, and, and I think we've gotten to the point now. Remember, it used to be it was three superstars, then it went to four superstars and four all stars and mm-hmm. four Hall of Famers, and you know what I mean. And and we've gotten it down to like every team kind of has two. Yeah, maybe two and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I think we're we're getting to the right place. I mean, if you look. I mean, even the bubble was exciting. The, the run Phoenix went on, yeah. the Portland run to get into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, John Morant and Zion. It, it, I, I, I like where basketball is right now. Yeah. So no, I'm, totally I'm, 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 I'm glad that right now I have the Clippers as the favorites. I think I would have had it, them as the favorites even if the Raptors would have moved on. But you can't – you wouldn't be surprised if – I like. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver came back and won the next game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that 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 LA series is going to be exciting. Yeah. Oh, Clippers Lakers, let's go. The Boston, whether it had been Boston or Toronto against Miami, is exciting. Going to be a great series. You, yeah. You, you there's no way you walk into that saying this is what's going to. You might predict something, but you're never. You don't know like oh, this is going to be a sweep, as we've had in years past. We're like, oh, yep, Golden State. Yep, this is going to be four games. Yeah. This is going to be four games. This is going to be four games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I like where basketball is, so I'm glad from that standpoint that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would have loved for Kawhi to come back. <laughs> if you add PG and Russ to that, 
you know. Yeah, we're Toronto fans. It probably would have been. We probably would have could have went eighty-two and zero. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna go to Facebook for a couple comments here. My guy Chris says, "Spicy P just became salty P." Um, all other Raptors were able to bring their game back except him. And then our boy Dwayne says, stop reaching Q. Tatum was in the lab. Salty P needs to put down. I can't read the rest of that. I'll just say that. Good thing I read ahead with my eyes before I actually read the rest of that. But D, save those comments for the group text, man. Come on, man. Yo, yo, that's all I'll say. Uh, someone checks in on Twitter saying Boston Celtics are going to be NBA champions. I'm assuming that's a Boston Celtics fan. Congratulations to the Celtics. I, I got to give them credit, man. That was a hard fought series. And for, you know, Tatum and Brown aren't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. So for them, this is a learning experience and or, they're going to take Kemba. that for sure. Kemba's first season. For sure. So they at least all have at least three seasons left together. For sure. But where I was going with this was we got to think about that in terms of Pascal as well. This is a learning curve for Pascal Siakam and Raptors fans should, you know, yes, he played horrible. Yes. He, he needed to play a lot better, but don't like he played bad now, but it doesn't mean that he will continue to play bad next year and in next year's playoffs. So those two things aren't connected. So we can, we can toss that away and be like, ah, you know, this asterisk championship bubble yeah. Siakam wasn't good. But Scotiabank Arena Siakam is still good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's not, you know, the bubble the bubble helped the Raptors get healthy, mm-hmm. but it took a lot of momentum a lot of the momentum out of what we were doing. That's interesting. Back yeah. in February, March. Yeah, right? that's interesting. Siakam point, was sure. playing well. Norm was playing well. Norm got hurt, so the bubble helped get Norm back, helped get Mark back. Yeah. But you know, uh, Serge was on a tear before the before the break. You know, maybe Lowry, it helped, might have helped Lowry because Lowry, you know, the older, the general got some rest. Mm-hmm. But Fred, you know, maybe it didn't help him as much. You know, so it was, again, you, th- you kind of throw out the season. It's done now. It's over. Nothing else you can do. See what Masai has in store in the off season, And we take it from there. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about it. And the way that this season played out, got to give this Raptors team credit. And we talked about it from the start of the year. And there's a couple of things because I, I find it funny, this trend that happens in the media of calling out other people's predictions without showing your actual receipts. Mm-hmm. So I always find that funny. But, you know, the Raptors surpassed my expectations in the regular season. They finished second overall in the whole season. But I thought long-term, when you get into the playoffs, it would be tough without a superstar and they would lose in the second round. So did I think they would go seven against the Celtics and it would play out like this? No. They showed a lot. They played great. Fantastic run by the Toronto Raptors. And I think we got to remember the take a lot of the positives from this season and not focus so much on the end. Siakam did show a lot. His first year as an all-star, he showed that he might not be a superstar, but I think he's definitely has a, the ability to be a sustainable star in the league, right? Yeah. I think Kyle Lowry coming back, he solidified his legacy, and I think that's super important yeah. to show now we clearly think of Kyle Lowry, you know, we forget the first four seasons of Kyle Lowry in the playoffs where he struggled a lot, let's be honest, right? We forget about that now, and 
we think now more of Kyle Lowry defining winning and yep. defining leadership. That's big. Whatever's going to happen with Freddie, that's big. Because yep. either way, my guy's about to get the bag. And coming from where he came from, the story he has from being undrafted, remember the whole draft night video of him not getting drafted yep. in his draft party, to now he's about to sign for the big bag. That's a cool story. And whether it's here or Toronto, he 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 owes the organization mm-hmm. for his success. Hey, Raps 905 continues to churn out yeah. hits, right? Yeah. But you got to just think of it on that level in terms of all these things that have happened that have been good stories this season, right? And Nick Nurse also being a good coach. Oh, so now you can't say that it was just Kawhi. Even yeah. though if you watched the Raps, you knew that it wasn't just Kawhi, yeah. but... You, he can't have that on his resume. You know, someone can't just say, oh, well, you won a championship. And that was when you had Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, yeah. So, so many things, I think, came out of this season. And the glow up of OG. OG is still developing. And he missed yeah. last year's championship run. And it kind of makes you wonder what that Raptors team would have looked like last year with OG. with OG. Like, imagine OG taking a lot of the Danny Green minutes when Danny Green was struggling last year. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, that team is scary. <laughs> All of those minutes, maybe it doesn't come down to that four bounce. Because you remember that Philly series exactly. where Norm and Fred were, you Nowhere know, to be damn found. near unplayable. Yeah, OG at six eight would have mm-hmm. made it a hell, a hell of a lot harder for. Could have thrown OG on Jimmy. There you go. Right. So on Benny, well, I mean, Kawhi took care of Ben. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, Raptors fans, I think as we wrap up this season, we think about the fact that hey, the biggest thing to take away to me, the biggest takeaway is. You cheer now for a team that is one of the top organizations in the NBA. And that is something to be very proud of because it wasn't always like this. There were years of me, you know, I covered the Raptors for years going to watch and it's, you know, the TJ Ford, Jose Calderones, or, you know, the Chris Bosh years, the Joey Grahams, the Charlie V's, like all of those things. Like I was producing court surfing at that Mm -hmm. time. Like there's so many things that I've watched this Raptors team do to see where they are now, you can't take that for granted. You got to appreciate that. The fact that they lost a hard fought series go. in game seven, you got to appreciate that. Right. I worked at the ACC and I did a no, probably a total of zero playoff games. So, right. You know, we, we've come a long way. And how many years was that? It was, it was a lot of years. Right. But this is what I'm saying. Like, there's so many things that, that comes down to, and I, I want to say, you know, I've had so much fun doing this. Obviously, Q, back for another year, and, you know, I want to thank all the people that tune in, our regulars, that tune in to watch the pod every night after every game. Really appreciate you guys, because this is really why we wanted to do it, for you guys to have a space where you guys could congregate and argue about fake Raptors trades in the live <laughs> chat while we discuss what just happened. And I think that part is really important because as this organization continues to take the next step, how we support that organization as a fan base, as a media base is also very important. And I think, you know, showing that we could have a platform like this where, you know, 5,000 people watch the live stream, the last live stream from game six, right? When I was doing that on YouTube, like, I remember when we were first doing it and there'd be 20 people on a, on just my Instagram live stream, yep. right? So to go from that 50 people on an Instagram live stream to 5,000 people on a YouTube stream alone, and I'm not even mentioning the Facebook feed, the Twitter feed, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you got to appreciate that and know, and I thank you guys for tuning in and watching each and every week or after every game because this Toronto Raptors team deserved it. They deserved our attention. They deserved our fandom, and they defended this chip. They defended the chip way better than I expected them to. I bet you Kawhi peeked over a couple of times and thought like, oh, man, I wonder if I should have stayed. Like, I wonder if he thinks that. Like, if the thought just entered his mind at any point. I think from a basketball sense, it would have to. It would have to. Yeah. Right? Especially with some of the things that have been going on in L.A. <laughs> I think I think, it, I think it would ha- he would have to. Right? Like, Patrick Beverly probably gets really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> we can assume that, right? But, guys, I really appreciate this, man. It's, it's a blessing to be able to do something like this and get to interact with a bunch of other diehard Raptor fans because this is what this is really about, right? It's about the diehard Raptor fans because we know that once they win, of course, the bandwagoners come in, and we welcome them too. Yep. We're here for everybody, but the diehard fans, the fans that watch the DeMar and Kyle glow up all the way from the start of that Game 7 against the Nets, where, you know, Kyle misses the shot at the end and he's lying on the ground and DeMar's trying to pick him up. Like, from that moment to where we're at now, it's been a ride. And appreciate that. Understand what that means. And it's been playoffs every year. There's a lot of organizations that have not had that type of success, right? For sure. we, We are a part of something big. And don't take it for granted. And this is what I mean in terms of the Siakam stuff. Don't crush him, like... I get it. He plays. He's terrible. already on the phone with Rico Hines, and they're ready to yes. get. They're ready to get in the gym. Right. Right. Who Who knows when the next season is going to start? He'll be ready. Yeah. No, I told him. Yeah, we know sure he'll be that. in the lab again. We know he. Everything will get back to normal with Pascal. And again, I think we know that Pascal is not Kawhi, which is what we talked about from the very start of the season. Right. We just learned the difference between Levels. there's exactly. We got to make those hoodies. Yeah. There's levels to this shit, right? Maybe not shit, but you know, there's like, levels to this. I think I think the word superstar in the NBA gets thrown out too much. Mm-hmm. I think there might be five. Really, well, truly, there might be five. Here's the truth. Here's the truth, though, right? Because all a lot of the things that we are saying about Pascal Siakam, people are saying about James Harden. People yeah. are saying about Giannis. Those are legitimate MVP candidates. Exactly. Who you also can't just throw them the ball and have them create a bucket and win a playoff game. So that's just the reminder that I want to give. And when we say things like, hey, Pascal really struggled in this series. Yes, he did. But it's just a reminder there's levels. And you you got to take the steps. There's no cheating. There's no just leap. I think from one think, level to the next. I think it's a, it's a, almost a sign that we're a little bit spoiled after last year. Because if you remember the men, like there's not too many people. In fact, it's never happened where somebody wins most improved player one year and then is an all star. Is is, is is well, not even that, but just takes your team to the championship and wins it the next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, if that sure. was your expectation, mm-hmm. you know, come back down to earth a little bit. Well, it's just a, another thing, too, to, to make this a, a broader picture of just what we have here in Toronto. It's built for sustained success because exactly. you look at you have next guys coming. Boucher is going to play more next year. You'd assume Matt Thomas and Terrence Davis are going to play a lot more next year. Definitely. You're seeing the pipeline of guys now because Pascal got the bag. Freddie's about to get the bag. Norm's been a, a huge part of your team, right? 
These are all guys that came through Raptors 905. That's an important distinction to make when you're talking about the best organizations in the league. Masai built this off dudes who are undrafted or late first round picks and second round picks. Like that's insane. So appreciate what we have, appreciate it, rep it, you know, applaud the Boston Celtics for a hard fought series. Definitely. And trust in Masai that he's going to retool. Yeah. And they'll be right back in this spot next year. Hopefully, I mean, just not in the bubble. I mean, and, and not to say that I think it's going to happen or whether it should happen or whatever, but just a match like from where this, we're a team in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. For even people south of the border to be, to be thinking that we are a legitimate shot to even talk to Giannis. Mm hmm. We've come a long way, Toronto. You know what's funny? So I remember a couple years back, so there were rumors. Obviously, there was the rumors of KD at one point. Yep. And I remember hearing at the time there were rumors of, oh, was KD's mom looking at houses on Mississauga Road and all these things floating around. And I remember people would be like, isn't that pathetic that that's like, you know, yeah. that's like a win for us. The fact that KD considered us or that LeBron was considering us, which actually was part of a rumor that came out but to me it was always like no 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 like there's steps along the way like you're not a destination until you are yeah right nobody wanted to stay in toronto until damar did yeah right you couldn't win a championship until Kawhi did right kyle lowry was wasn't a winning player until he won exactly so all these things, you, you need to take the steps. And now that we're in the spot where years out, it's like we're the Lakers talking about, yo, LeBron's coming here in two years. Yeah. And it's weird to think about that in the concept of the reigning MVP and the Toronto Raptors, but that's a position. And I don't know if Giannis is going to come. I don't think Giannis knows what he's going to do afterwards. I mean, I know he can sign the Supermax yeah. in this offseason, so I'm sure he has some idea on whether he's going to do that or not. The honest of Toronto thing, I've always kind of been like, I'm not banking on that just because I think that's kind of like fool's gold yeah. to bank on something in two years. Like, look at what happened in 2020. Am I going to try to predict what's going to yeah, happen? Exactly. What anybody's going to do in 2021? Hell no. I mean, if you, so, even like, if you think back to Kawhi, did you think that was going to happen? You know what I mean? Right. But that also just shows the mastery of Masai Ujiri because just trust in the man. Let him figure this out. We've seen the Raptors make great draft picks. We've seen him make, obviously, the greatest trade ever. And, hey. We have a draft pick this year, so who knows? The next next Pascal Siakam, OG, Nobi could be right around, you know, right on our doorstep. So, patience. Patience. Patience, We will be back. We will be back. The Toronto Raptors will be back. And again, I want to shout out all the people in the chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Fringe Fan Wiki says, thank you, Sheldon, for wrap it up. No, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm not going to read that comment because it's Pascal Siakam slander. (laughs) I'm definitely not going to read that one. But uh, Wilbur says, Pascal will have a huge season next year. Raptors will be uh, proud. Uh, This season was fun AF. I agree with that. It was a great season. Yeah. So enjoy the ride, Raptors fans. I think it was a great moment for everyone involved. And I just think that, remember, regular season success is now expected. And it wasn't always like that. So 
Kyle Lowry's jersey, no doubt, is going up. People are now having debates and arguments on whether Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer. That's not vote. a conversation. If I have that, if I have a vote, he's got my vote. But I'm saying that's not a conversation I thought we'd be having. Ever, yeah. Right? So think of where you came from and accept it and be happy with it. It's not a participation medal. Yeah. Right? Like literally think of losing one of the best players in the league and still coming back and fighting till the bitter end against one of the favorites to win the championship. Enjoy that ride. Be proud of yourselves. Be very proud, Raptors fans. But um, I just want to say thank you again to the fans. Thank you to UQ for coming through and helping me out with this. It's been a lot of fun. Really appreciate you coming through and kicking it with me and yep. uh, busting some jokes. I wish the ending was a little bit better and you were still <laughs> wearing your Siakam jersey and he had a great game. But hey, yeah. there's next year. Always next year. Always next year. Thank you for hosting the show. Just, you know, giving us, all us Raptor fans, a platform somewhere to go to express our gratitude, our, our disappointments, whatever it is. It's, it's nice to have this this forum to just express ourselves. So thank you to you for even thinking this up. Well, you know what? It's been a lot of fun. And the, the main reason, too, the one thing I do want to say about it is it was kind of fun in concept because in theory, I was like, yeah, I just want to talk with my friends about the games and take our group text and put that into a podcast and then invite a bunch of other people on as well. Yeah. And I'll be honest, if I had known that I would be doing a lot of these things by myself, I never would have started. So I got to thank my friends for helping me gain the confidence to be in a position where we could do this. And I, and with that, I thank also my new friends that we've met through doing the podcast for continuously coming and showing up and, and helping out along the way too, because I wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. So it's been a great run, great two year run of doing this podcast. And I look forward to it next year as we continue to learn. And, you know, you see the podcast has looked different every year as well. And we keep adding new things as I figure out new technologies and what I can do with just this computer <laughs> and one person, yeah. but it's been a lot of fun. And, and you know what? I, I don't think of it. A lot of people ask me, you know, I'll go to work sometimes and people are like, yo man, like, aren't you tired and stuff? I'm like, I'd be watching ball anyways. And then talking about it afterwards with my boys yep. anyways. Definitely. So literally the the quote unquote work, like, I mean, it's not that much. It's not as much as you think. We love basketball and I love Toronto. And when you add those two things together, you have, I guess, the birth of this to wrap it up podcast. So it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a lot of fun. No championship this year, but the shirt still reads. If you're reading this, we still champs because we will be champs forever and ever, and ever, and ever. And that's not something I honestly thought I would ever say about the Toronto Raptors. But here we are. So appreciate that. Continue to support the movement that is a Wrap It Up podcast. Like and subscribe to the podcast, you know, because we might have some, you know, maybe NBA draft pods. Uh, Ball on Blast will be back with Webby. We'll be bringing that back for sure for the conference finals and the finals. And also, you know, we do have an NFL picks pod, which just dropped today, actually. 
Um, you killed it. We'll obviously be back. The on blast podcast network just continues to grow. So if you like what you got here, what you've been tuning into, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, whether it's on YouTube or iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify, Google play and the live stream, extending that to YouTube and Facebook and all these other places really worked out well too. I really enjoyed that. So thanks for all the feedback. I appreciate that. If you guys want a t-shirt, hit me up. We still got t-shirts because remember we are still champs. You're never going to be able to take that away from us. And I, I appreciate all the kind messages that I've gotten from people just about doing the pod and having the t-shirts and being along with this ride, man, it's been fun. It's about community and we built a Raptors community here and I, I wouldn't be here without you guys. So before I like, you know, continue going and ramble more and more and more and more, I'm going to start playing music and I'm going to ask you for uh, where the people can hit him up. Uh, maybe you'll stop by when we do the draft show, whatever the NBA draft is. When is that? I don't even know when the draft know. is. It? Oh, it's supposed to be. It's like a week after the finals. Yeah. So you know what? Q, where can the people find you? Hit you up on social media. Where can they find the DDS stuff? Let them yeah. know. So, me personally on all social media, that's Twitter and Instagram, at simply underscore just underscore Q. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Quentin L. Quentin Space L. Um, and then, obviously, myself and my homie Foots, who's usually here with us. Um, check us out. We have our website uh, for DDS. Uh, DDS sorry at ddscaps.com and all social media check us out man we still got stuff coming stuff brewing yeah it's a family we, we keep it going it's a family man and it's all about support support the movement that is your peoples if you don't support your peoples nobody else will so that's an important factor here and that's something that's super important here to us at the on blast network so definitely hit up the up at dds caps and support the movement that is there as well and of course as i just mentioned my name is sheldon alexander if you like what you find here remember like and subscribe for the youtube uh and you can find nfl picks as that season's about to get underway and of course we got basketball content for you on Blast Podcast is the network. Wrap it up. Ball on Blast. I still don't have a name for the football show. I'm calling it, uh, I'll name this football pod later for now. <laughs> Shouts to Joe Budden as his continues to motivate the young podcasters in the game. But the message is simple, guys. Thank you so much for coming through. Shouts to the homie Skip for always supporting the podcast as well. And all the people at Clean Cuts, go see them. Support the family. We support people that support us. That's how you really build a community that thrives and supports each other. And I appreciate you guys, man. Again, those messages I get in the DMs, people saying thank you for the pod. I take those to heart and I appreciate them so much. People buying the t-shirts and sending messages telling me how they love supporting the podcast. Appreciate it so much. It means a lot to me. And that's really why I do it. Right? We have day jobs. We all have day jobs. We all have normal jobs. But we do this on the side because of you guys. You guys are here repping with us. And that's why we continue to do it. And so, you know, I say it at the end. It's a Meek Mill line. I know it sounds like, you know, it's cliche. But it's the truth. I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. 
Until next time, like and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, but especially YouTube. See ya.